So, you want to save the world with clean energy? Make money doing it? Confused about the economic and technical realities of residential and commercial solar, batteries, heat pumps, EVs? Want the real-world scoop on new energy technologies, not manufacture hype? Then tune in to the Weekly Energy Show, hosted by Barry Cinnamon. Insights from Barry's 40-plus years in the solar and energy industry will help you understand the future ways we'll generate and consume energy. And now, here's Barry. Welcome to this week's Energy Show. This week, we're talking about heat pump HVAC systems. Now, we're going to focus on air source heat pumps to heat and cool your home. Now, there's another heat pump technology for heating water called a heat pump water heater, duh, or HPWH. But we're going to talk about heat pump water heaters in another episode. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that heat pumps will be the source of heating for homes and commercial buildings going forward. In 2022, there were already 4 million heat pumps sold. Many, many are going into new construction, but we're starting to see them also go into retrofits. This 4 million heat pumps was more than the number of gas furnaces sold in 2022. Now, there are five primary benefits of a heat pump HVAC system that really makes sense to me from a customer's perspective. First, in many cases, a heat pump HVAC system is cheaper. With heat pumps, uses electricity, which costs more than natural gas, but because heat pumps operate at a 300% efficiency, they end up costing less. In other words, you'll spend less for electricity for your heat pump than you would if you bought natural gas. And this applies in almost every place around the country, even in really cold northern climates. Second, heat pumps are good for indoor health and comfort. With a zoned heat pump HVAC system, you can have separate temperatures in different rooms, or you may have one temperature in the evening downstairs when people are kind of in the living room, kitchen, dining room, and you may keep the upstairs cool, but at night when you're going to go to sleep, you warm up the upstairs and you don't have to worry about heating the downstairs. So you're operating the house more efficiently. You're not heating the whole thing or cooling the whole thing at the same time. Third, heat pumps are good for the outdoor environment. There are no CO2 emissions because you're not burning natural gas. Fourth, there's big incentives for heat pumps. These incentives vary all over the map, including tax credits that are available now, including IRA rebates that are going to be available in 2024, and including local incentives. These incentives can pay for half the costs, but there are income limits, so you got to really dig into the details on that. Fifth, you may not have a choice about installing a heat pump. Many locations no longer allow the installation of new gas appliances. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in a few years, California would say you can't even replace a natural gas furnace and you have to put in a heat pump. Those decisions have already been made for heat pump water heaters. Now, all right, please allow me to geek out on how a heat pump works. Now, take a look at this picture. This is a typical home with a heat pump. And what we're doing is we're illustrating the various components. You'll have a heat pump compressor unit that that's installed typically outside because it's blowing out hot air or cold air, depending on the operating mode. You'll have an outdoor AC disconnect. This is a disconnect so that the heat pump unit can be serviced. You'll have a 40 amp circuit breaker in your electrical panel. In many cases, you can reuse the existing air conditioning circuit breaker. Now, in terms of the components you're going to be installing, you may install an air handler. Sometimes that air handler can direct duct work with hot and cold air to different rooms in the house. So in this illustration, we've got an air handler 
connected to ductwork, and that ductwork blows hot and cold air on the downstairs part of the house. And in the upstairs part of the house, and this is kind of typical, sometimes people may not have had a finished attic, and then they say, hey, we're going to put some rooms up in the attic, then they got rooms up there, and that's really hot in the summer and cold in the winter. You can put in mini splits, and these mini splits are kind of one fan unit for each room. In this case, we're showing two fan units, and each of those fan units can independently blow hot and cold air, depending on the thermostat setting that you have. And finally, in terms of the wiring, you're going to have refrigerant lines and control lines going from the heat pump up to each mini split unit, and also from the heat pump to the air handler that may be, in this case, in the crawl space. In addition, you're going to have a thermostat downstairs, and that's going to control that air handler. And you're going to have individual remote controls for each of the mini splits. This is just like a little TV remote control. You insert it, set it to hot, cold, temperature, whatever. They can be handled independently and on a timer basis. So that's the overall design of a system. Now let's dig into each of these individual components in more detail. Okay, now we talked about this a lot. You've probably heard this before, that a heat pump is basically just an air conditioner that's operating in reverse. So For simplicity, let's explain how an air conditioner works, and then we'll talk about how it operates in a heating mode. So with these systems, air conditioners, heat pumps, or whatever, you have a compressor unit, and that compressor unit is located outside, and when it's in air conditioning mode, it compresses a refrigerant gas, and when you compress a gas, it gets hot. And so that hot gas has to release the heat, so you have a fan on that outdoor compressor unit, and that fan is trying to cool down that hot gas. So when you're outside in the summer, you kind of go near your air conditioning unit, you're going to feel hot air coming off of that thing. So that's the way it's supposed to work. But hot air is coming off of the compressor unit, but the refrigerant gas is a little bit cooler. And then that refrigerant gas is sent into the house, into individual air conditioning units or or fan coil units or air handlers or mini splits. That cold refrigerant gas is then expanded and it gets really, really cold. When gas expands, it gets cold. And so the warm air inside the house is blown over this really cold refrigerant gas and you get cold air. That's how it works. That's how an air conditioner works. Very, very simple. Bingo. Cold air comes out of your mini splitter ductwork and you've got hotter air vented outside at the compressor unit. That's in the air conditioning mode. Now, there's a valve inside a heat pump that basically just reverses the refrigerant flow. So we're talking about a heat pump as an air conditioner in reverse. Now let's talk about the heat pump in heating mode. We're going to basically be reversing the air conditioning process to produce heat indoors. Once again, you've got refrigerant gas compressed in the compressor. That gas gets hot, and that hot gas is then directed over indoor coils. These coils are in the mini split units, or these coils are in an air handler unit. And so you then blow room air over these really warm coils, and bingo, you're getting warm air going into the house. And as you do that, you cool the refrigerant gas down a little bit. It goes through something called an expansion valve, which we had in the original air conditioning cycle. And then that cold gas is then actually heated up outdoors on the outdoor unit. So you've got fans on the outdoor compressor unit and you've got really cold gas inside there because that gas was cooled down inside the house. And what happens is you're venting cold air off of the compressor unit and the gas actually heats up a little bit. You're capturing some room heat and then it goes back into the compressor. So the cycle is repeated. So very, very simple. It's amazing that I kind of tested this once myself. I measured the temperature of my heat pump on a 45 degree night, 45 degrees outside, kind of, you know, normal weather in the winter in California. And I 
went into the house. I measured 90 degree warm air coming out of the ductwork. So I was heating up the house. And then I put the thermometer in front of the very cold air being vented from the compressor. And that air was 30 degrees. It was 45 degrees around the compressor unit, around the fan. But the actual air coming off of the compressor unit was 30 degrees. So you can see we're cooling the ambient air at the same time we heat the indoor air. So very, very simple, but pretty cool. All right. Now let's kind of dig into these individual components, compressors, air handlers, etc. The outdoor compressor unit is the heart of the heat pump system. There's usually one per installation. Typically, these have a high-efficiency compressor, and this high-efficiency compressor operates at variable speeds and also has what's called variable refrigerant flows, so you can handle four or more independent heating and cooling zones. So let's say a zone is calling for a lot of heat, it can get a lot of refrigerant, the fans may be running really fast, the compressor may be running fast, but if nothing's operating or if you need a little bit of heat in the house only in one zone, the compressor is going to be running more slowly, the fan's going to be slower, and the refrigerant's going to be slower. You're going to get more efficiency in that way. So if you have an existing air conditioning unit, Basically, you just take out that old air conditioner, happened to me in my house, the thing wasn't working, we just took it out, and then we just put the heat pump compressor right in the exact same spot, they put down a new plastic pad, they could even reuse the wiring that went to my indoor 40 amp circuit breaker, so it was really convenient. So that's the compressor unit, many of them are kind of rectangular in size, and you can see these pictures. All right, now, that's outside. Now, inside, you kind of have two choices, you can have an indoor air handler, or mini splits, and we'll talk about both. If you have existing ductwork, and the ductwork is still usable or easy to replace, it may make a lot of sense to reuse that ductwork. Your contractor should check to make sure that the ductwork is well insulated and not leaking. If you have a really old house, it may make sense to replace that ductwork. I did that on my house. The ductwork was 50 years old. You can see that there was leaks, and you know who knows what kind of creatures were living in it. So we just replaced it all. It was a pretty smooth system. And we ended up with a super silent, super efficient system. While you're going through this process, your HVAC contractor to test the ductwork may do something called a blower door test. Now, the air handler basically connects to the compressor unit, not with any ductwork or anything. There's just like a bundle. It's maybe a three or four inch bundle of copper refrigerant lines and of control wires, and it's all insulated. So each air handler is going to have this bundle of control wires and refrigerant lines, and that's how the cold or hot refrigerant is sent into the air handler, which then delivers either hot or cold air, depending on what you need. Now, that compressor, the indoor air handler, is basically a big fan. And that fan will then direct air through the new or existing ductwork into the vents in your house. Very, very simple. The simplest installation that I've seen is if you have an existing gas furnace and you've got good ductwork, you basically take out the whole gas furnace, you take out the air handler that was attached to it, and you just put in one of these very simple, straightforward heat pump air handlers, and you're kind of done. If you have a two-story house, maybe you install one air handler downstairs or where the furnace was, and maybe you turn install one air handler upstairs, or, well, as we talk about next, you can put in mini splits. But the nice thing about having multiple air handlers and mini splits is you can have a more efficient system, which really works great if you have more than a one-story house. All right, so that brings us to what a mini split is, a mini split fan unit. These are really popular. If you travel, if you go to hotel rooms, if you travel around the world, this is kind of standard. Usually you have one mini split fan unit per room. And you can see these, I remember these vividly like, you know, 15, 20 years ago, even in Asia, but they have them in hotels all over. There's just a rectangular beige colored box near the ceiling. 
and it's got some vents on, it's got some controls, and that is basically connected to the refrigerant lines that run all the way to the compressor. So these are mini split fan units, very, very simple, but they kind of, you know, they're at the top of the ceiling. They're kind of maybe a little bit obtrusive to people. You can also get something called a flush mounted cassette. So this cassette actually, and they call it a cassette, you know, not like a standard, you know, 60 minute or 90 minute cassette that we used to use for recording music, but it's just a rectangular box that fits between the rafters in the ceiling. So your contractor will cut out a hole that's exactly the width and the, the length of the rafter, put one of these cassettes in, run refrigerant lines to that cassette that go all the way back to the compressor. They'll also usually put in what's called a condensate drain pipe, which we can talk about later. And then it kind of seals up and basically you're just going to see a vent in the ceiling and there'll be some LEDs on there so you can control it. But that works the same way as a mini split fan unit. So you've got two choices. You can go for kind of the higher end flush mounted thing. It looks really good, just like a vent in a commercial building. Or you can go with a kind of easier to install wall mounted unit. And the other thing is, each of these mini splits, instead of having a central thermostat, they have a little remote control like for a TV. So you can control the temperature, you can control cycles, heating, cooling, you can control the time that it operates. Very, very convenient. And this is kind of how you can really optimize the savings because maybe you only want to heat or cool the room when you're there. Really, really good. Okay, so we talked about the basic components. Some other things that you may want to consider you can add an air filtration system so that there's filters, HEPA filters or whatever, so you're really going to have cleaner air. It's really good for people with allergies. You can add humidifiers to the system. And both these filters and humidifiers kind of work best when you have an air handler. I'm not exactly sure how well it would work with individual mini splits. Now, keep in mind, whenever you're cooling air, a lot of times you get condensate. You get a little bit of water dripping. And so depending on the design of the system, you may have condensate tubing that drains outside, or sometimes you have condensate tubing that is pumped out with something called the condensate ejector pump. Don't worry, your pump contractor will take care of this. The building department will always make sure that it's there. But these are extra components that are going to kind of be buried in the wall. You may not even know you have them. Obviously, you're going to need a circuit breaker for the heat pump system. And as I mentioned, usually you can reuse the existing air conditioning circuit breaker. And you're also going to need what's called a service disconnect. And this is the little gray box that's outside near your air conditioner. I'm sure you've got it right now. It goes near the compressor. And that is something that if it's necessary to service the system, you can easily just reach over and switch that thing off so that there won't be any live wires. Also, as I mentioned, you'll have a thermostat. Thermostats go really well when you have air handlers. So for example, two-story house, you may have an air handler in the attic, an air handler in the crawl space, and you may have two thermostats. Or if you have mini splits throughout the house, maybe each one of those mini splits is going to have its own independent remote control. So that's the basic design of a heat pump system. Okay, you're interested in a heat pump HVAC system. Let me give you a few basic questions that you want to make sure you talk to your heat pump contractor about. So first, do you have any comfort issues in your home? Are there some rooms that are currently too hot or too cold? Maybe there's humidity in a basement room. Maybe you have allergies. A good HVAC design will address these issues. So obviously in the summer, if you have some rooms that are too hot, probably need more air conditioning. Obviously in the winter, if it's too cold, you need more heating. And if there's humidity, you need a little bit of better operation of the cooling system so that it actually pulls out that humidity without overcooling the room. All right, second, are you going to replace an existing gas furnace or a central air conditioner? 
The good thing is the heat pump does both. It's a great opportunity to remove that old gas furnace, even if the gas furnace is working. Many of our customers know they need a new air conditioner, know they want to air condition some rooms in their house that they weren't. They still have a gas furnace that might be working. It might be 10 years old, 15 years old. Take the darn thing out, put in a heat pump, get it all out of the way. The other good thing is a lot of these incentives, particularly with the IRA $8,000 rebate, that has an income limit, so keep that in mind. But that rebate is only good if you're replacing an old gas furnace. And the next question is, talk to your HVAC professional about the condition of your ductwork. You don't want to put in a brand new heat pump system if you've got leaky ducts or poorly insulated ducts. Sometimes they do something called a blower door test, where they'll actually compress the whole house with a blower and see how quickly the air leaks out. Sometimes they'll do a good inspection of the ductwork and see, you know, where there's some gray spots or where there may be some creatures that have kind of made homes inside. So you want to kind of take care of these things and talk to your heat pump contractor about any other questions that you may have, because you're going to make a big investment in this and it's got a lot of savings potential, but you don't want to be annoyed if things aren't working perfectly down the road. Okay. So we talked about components. We talked about some basic questions. Let's talk about the basic configurations of heat pump systems. And these are big decisions that you're going to have to go through. It's usually end up with something pretty obvious, but you know, depending on how much money you have, depending on your budget, you may go with a fancier system. A ducted system, as we discussed, is basically you take out the old furnace, you take out the old fan unit, you take out the old heating coils, and you put in a brand new heat pump air handler a fan unit and a blower, where the furnace was, and you can use the existing ductwork or you can upgrade your ductwork, and it's kind of simple. You don't have to change a lot of things. The second is a ductless system, also called mini splits. Not no ducted quacks. This is just no ductwork. And this is basically where in every room that you want to heat and cool, you put a little fan unit, a mini split, or one of these flush-mounted cassettes, in every single room, and that goes on the wall near the ceiling or maybe embedded in the ceiling, that's ductless. You know, if you have like a six-room house, you might have six of these units, and to each one, you're going to have some refrigerant lines and control lines. Now, the third option, and this happens a bunch of times when people have an existing home and they have an air handler and ductwork on the ground floor, they might have built some rooms in the attic and they're really hot or cold. So they may have an air handler, maybe in the crawl space, maybe in the garage, and then you've got ductwork for the ground floor, but there's no room to get ductwork to the second story because it's new, it was a retrofit. So very, very easy to put mini split cassette units or mini split flush mounted cassettes in the upper rooms. And that way you can heat and cool those independently. Each one's gonna have remote control. And then the ground floor, you're gonna have one central thermostat. So that's a hybrid system. And sometimes in general, the mini splits get more expensive the more mini splits you put in. But then again, you get better efficiency and better controls. Okay, so we talked about system designs, the components and things like that. Let's talk about the realities of these HVAC incentives. Now, right now, 2023, and actually for the next 10 years, there's a $2,000 energy efficiency home improvement tax credit, and that covers up to 30% of the costs. This is available to everyone. So if you have a tax liability, you put in a heat pump system, you reduce your taxes, a tax credit, you reduce your taxes by $2,000. The big one for, especially for heat pumps, is within the Inflation Reduction Act. It's the IRA home electrification rebates. This rebate is going to start in 2024. So right now, 2023, it's not available yet. And there are income limits, but it's $8,000. So if you're looking at putting in 
you know, kind of a typical average heat pump system that we're seeing around here in, in California, a $20,000 system, you get $8,000 for the IRA and you get $2,000 energy efficiency home tax credit. It covers half the cost. Now, keep in mind that that $8,000 IRA home electrification rebate is only good if your adjusted gross income is less than 150% of the local average gross income. So, here in Silicon Valley, that's over a quarter million dollars. But still, you know, if you're making only $200,000 in Silicon Valley, you get that $8,000. You're going to be able to cover probably half the cost in an average system. Now, in addition to these two big rebates that are kind of part of the IRA, you've got local utility rebates. They vary all over the map, but sometimes they're $1,000, $2,000. I've seen some as high as $3,500 of local utility rebates. And then you may need some extra electrical work that's done as part of your electrification heat pump. And there are also various tax credits and incentives for the necessary electrical upgrades. You know, for example, if you're putting in solar and you want to upgrade your electrical service, that, that would cover 30% of the extra electrical costs. Now, also keep in mind, because I'm a very practical guy, sometimes these smaller incentives, you know, $1,000 if you do all this extra paperwork, sometimes these small incentives are just not worth the paperwork. It could take your contractor and you months and months and months to fill out this blizzard of paperwork just to get $800 rebate or something. Believe me, it's not worth the contractor's time and it may not be worth your time. You're going to find that you can get the system installed a lot faster by skipping over some of these tiny little incentives. Go for the big ones, not the little ones. Okay, now talked about the equipment. How do you select a heat pump contractor? Okay, there's a few things. Obviously, you need to find a contractor that understands heat pumps. And here's where there's a little bit of a disconnect in the industry. Many furnace and air conditioning contractors, they make a lot of money just by replacing your old air conditioner and they replace your gas furnace. These are easier sales. It's cheaper. If you know, somebody says, well, gee, I need, you know, my furnace broke. I need to do something. My advice would be really seriously look into putting in a heat pump. That might cost $15,000, whereas you may be able to just replace just the gas furnace for $7,000. It's an easier sale for the contractor. It's cheaper, but it's going to mean that you're going to be stuck with that gas appliance basically for another 10 or 15 years with higher operating costs. So you want to find a contractor that really is going to ask questions about home comfort, condition of ductwork and really understands the long-term benefits and comfort benefits, financial and comfort benefits of putting in a heat pump system. Now, the other thing is these heat pumps sometimes are not sized the same way as gas furnaces. A lot of times because you're operating more efficiently, you can put in a smaller heat pump than the existing gas furnace. And you don't want to oversize the heat pumps. It's kind of like running a high horsepower car where it's basically just on and off. You, you want to be kind of modulating the speed and these heat pumps allow you to do that. Whereas if you oversize it, you may just be blowing too much hot air for a brief time and then you stop and it's just not going to be as comfortable. So you want to find a contractor that can update the sizing if you need it. Second thing for contractors is you want to find contractors that recommend high efficiency equipment. Really simple. High efficiency is measured with something called the seasonal energy efficiency ratio. The higher, the better. Like anything that's more efficient in this world, the more efficient it is, the more expensive it is. But without a doubt, you're almost always going to get a benefit back. These high efficiency systems should have a variable speed compressor 
variable speed fans and variable speed refrigerant flow. That way they can operate just kind of very slowly, like chug along at a, at a low level, or they can be running medium where you may be heating half the house, or they can be running full blast where you're heating and cooling the whole house. I've heard of a lot of people who were disappointed when they kind of got a heat pump, but they got a cheap, low efficiency heat pump that may be undersized or oversized. And, you know, they're just, they're not going to be good reference customers. And the third thing you want to do when you talk to a contractor is find somebody that's experienced with the electrification process. It's not just a matter of, you know, just doing one thing. Because people are going to be electrifying your house, you want to look at possible needs to upgrade your electric panel. That's where your circuit breakers are. Or maybe you need to upgrade your electrical service. Those are the wires from the street. Now, the good news is, most of the time, if you have an air conditioning system, a central air conditioning system, it's going to have a 40 amp circuit breaker. Most of the time, the heat pump is going to use that exact same circuit breaker, so it's not a big deal. But if you have an older home that doesn't have central air, or if you want to add more heat pump systems, maybe two, you may need to upgrade your electric service. And the good thing about thinking ahead and thinking about the whole process is you're probably also going to want to have a large EV charger. Maybe you're going to want to put in an induction cooktop. Maybe at some point you're going to put in a heat pump water heater. All those things are going to require more electrical circuits and more electrical power. And you got to think about it in advance because the longest lead time on any of these electrification projects is always working with the utility and upgrading your electric panel or your electric service. So find a contractor that's experienced with that. You don't want to kind of get into the process and then you say, hey, I also want to put in an EV charger and then the bill building inspector is going to come by and say, well, your EV charger uses 50 amps and your heat pump uses 40 amps and you've overloaded your circuit breakers so you can't approve the system. You go back to the utility. It could take a year to get that fixed to the utility. So do the planning in advance. Okay. Bottom line, heat pumps are mainstream. Over 4 million sold in 2022, more than gas furnaces. Find a contractor who installs a lot of heat pumps. I would not recommend going with a contractor that says they know about it, but really can't give you a lot of references for heat pump installations. And find a contractor that understands the whole electrification process, solar, storage, electrical upgrades, realistic incentives, EV chargers, induction cooktops, heat pump water heaters. You want to kind of at least have an understanding of the whole process before you pull the trigger on any one particular project. Okay. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at energyshow.biz and listen to the podcasts.